In 2004, Ken Jennings changed Jeopardy history forever. And our returning champion, a software engineer from Salt Lake City, Utah, Ken Jennings, whose 13-day cash winnings, 29-day cash winnings, total 972,000, total $1,976,300. Over the years, Ken has spoken a ton about this 74-game historic winning streak. In addition to talking about it, he also wrote a book about his experiences in 2006 called Brainiac. And we interviewed him about all of that in the last episode. Press pause, go listen to that first if you haven't. Ken has always been at the center of the story, and it makes sense. It all happened to him. After earning more than $2.5 million during his run, there's no doubt Ken cemented his legacy in the Jeopardy Hall of Fame long before earning the greatest of all time title or becoming a host of the show. But in listening to Ken, I found myself getting curious about the other voices in the story. Mostly you spend all day with the other contestants and they're lovely. You know, they're all bright, fascinating people. They're telling you about their interests. But you know what? At the end of the day, after the game, those people didn't really want to chat so warmly. You know, they didn't want to trade email addresses. They had kind of had a bummer of a day and their family was in the studio audience giving the stink eye to, to my wife or my parents or whoever had come to see the show. I mean, all due respect to the goat, I probably would have given him the stink eye too. Because back in 2004, Ken was a formidable foe. And as he was gaining glory and setting the stage for his future reputation, he was also crushing scores of contestants who just wanted the same thing that he did. And honestly, like, I did kind of feel some survivor guilt. Every day, these two lovely people would show up, all with the same dream as, as mine. They just wanted to, to do well on Jeopardy. And then they show up, and here's me ruining their dream. And I felt like a heel. When you sit down and count it, Ken Jennings defeated 148 contestants, not including Nancy Zerg, who defeated him, or David Hankins, who came in third after Nancy and Ken. The 148 came from all over. They had diverse careers and impressive resumes. Veterinarians, administrative assistants, college professors, musicians. The oldest was 68 years old. The youngest was just 19. Eight came from Tennessee, six from New Jersey, two from Minnesota, four from Vermont, they represented 35 states total, plus Washington, D.C. and Canada. Many shared a common dream, being on their favorite quiz show. The 148 didn't really know what they were getting into, and how could they? No one had ever gotten this far on a streak. The producers didn't even know what was going to happen themselves. Now it's been almost 20 years. What would the 148 say today? What do they remember? What do they wish they could forget? When I arrived at the studio, I felt like I was like a boxer getting hyped up for the ring. Then he walked into the green room and whoosh, out went all the air in the place. He showed up with extra clothes on hangers draped over his arm. No suitcase or bag, just shirts, ties, jackets hanging out there. 
I came in third place, okay? I came in dead last. And that's what I always tell people. I lost on Jeopardy, baby. Woo. I'm your host, Buzzy Cohen, and from Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV, this is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. This week, the 148 have their say. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. This is Jeopardy! Here are today's contestants. A fundraiser from New York, New York, Julia Lazarus. A software engineer from Salt Lake City, Utah, Ken Jennings. And our returning champion, a freelance educator... That's how it all began. Ken Jennings' very first appearance on Jeopardy. Here we go into the Jeopardy round. Categories. Check them out. We have biography subtitles, followed by Let's Clean Up. It was a seemingly ordinary Jeopardy game, a returning champ who wasn't Ken, obviously. In his very first Jeopardy game, Ken was one of the new challengers, standing next to another fresh-faced Jeopardy noob, Julia Lazarus. I am ground zero in the long, long line of Ken Roadkill that followed. Over the past few months, our team reached out to as many of the 148 as we could find. Julia was one of the first people to respond to our call. As you can imagine, a lot has changed in the almost two decades since the 148 faced Ken. People moved, got married, had children, grad students became professors. But almost everyone we reached out to responded, and they took the time to send us a voice memo about their experiences playing Ken. Julia Lazarus isn't the only one who willingly refers to herself as one of the Ken roadkill. Others called themselves Ken's victims or members of the Ken Jennings Losers Tournament. But in that very first game, Julia really held her own. I'll take movies for 800. 2003. God doesn't take vacations, does he? Do ye? Ken? What is Bruce Almighty? Yeah. Movies for 1,000, please. 2002. There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? Julia? What is signs? That's good for another $1,000, doubling your score to 2000 You and Ken... Ken also remembers it being a close match between them. The woman next to me uh, suddenly figured out her buzzer timing in, in double jeopardy, and she started beating me to everything. In the end, Julia placed second, only $4,800 behind Ken. It wasn't a slam-dunk defeat, but it was over. Losing 
still feels weirdly really exciting. I was looking forward to meeting up with a friend who is in Los Angeles, um, which I did after the game. And uh, we went out and had a couple too many drinks. So that was fun. And I dropped my earring down the sink in the hotel and had to call them to come help me get it out. As embarrassing as it is to feel like that's always going to be a a little asterisk that's going to follow me around for all of my life, I'm really, really proud that I was part of the beginning of someone who's gone on to make history with Jeopardy. My name is Carrie Youngblood. I was Ken Jennings' second game on Jeopardy. My name is Clinton Whedon. I played against him in his fourth game. My name is Josh Hornick. I played Ken Jennings in his original run on just his fourth game. In those early games, of course, Ken wasn't the household name he is today. I played him before he was Ken Jennings. He was just the guy who'd won the last game. He was simply a three-day returning champion at that point, and we knew he was very good. But we didn't know what was going to happen over the next weeks and months uh, as his run continued. Again, none of Ken's games had aired yet. So all those early contestants knew was he had won a few. Even when he surpassed the five-game limit, it wasn't that big of a deal. Here's Al Arsenault from Game 8. I was nervous. I was eager. I was ready to play. I knew that it would be very difficult to beat Ken, but I knew that he could be beaten. But as the games ticked away, that possibility of breaking through, it seemed to fade away. Here's Joe Riley, Game 9. He remembers that when he learned Ken was the returning champion, he asked Ken about it. And I said, how many days consecutively have you been the returning champion? And he said he had won eight previous games. And it was just incredibly shocking to hear. I tried to, you know, psych myself up a little bit. I was working as a bartender at the time, and I was saying, you know, maybe if I get the board that is ideal for me, uh, maybe some potent potables, some stuff of that nature, uh, maybe uh, I could compete in that game against him. Potent potables wouldn't save Joe. Actually, it's probably for the best they didn't appear on the Jeopardy board. Ken may not be a drinker himself, but he definitely knows a Harvey Wallbanger from a Manhattan. Ken's winning record also threw Vid Hart off balance when Vid, Game 10, got to the studio. I was probably the only person there who didn't know that the five-game limit had been lifted. So when they said, this is Ken, and he's won eight times, I went hamina, 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 like Ralph Cramden on The Honeymooners. Maggie Speak was the contestant producer on the show at the time. She remembers walking into the green room to brief the contestants. I would introduce the returning champion. Here's Ken Jennings. He's a 50-day champion. Well, the looks on people's faces, they want, it was like they wanted to scramble out of the room. You know, because we taped so far ahead, they weren't sure how many shows he'd actually won. And I think just the idea of seeing him in the room was enough to let them know that he was still on the show and that was who they were going to have to go up against. Yeah, the contestants we spoke to remember it that way, too. I still remember when he was first introduced to us in the green room um, and they said that he was going into his 13th game and a kind of chill fell over the entire room with that announcement. You could just kind of feel the... (laughs) 
<laughs> the hopes and dreams of 12 people sinking into the floor right away. If first came shock, what happened next was, why me? My first thought was, wow, why did I have to go up against this guy? Was it just circumstance? Bit of a bad luck that you're going against the, the Michael Jordan slash Wayne Gretzky slash Joe Montana of Jeopardy. And uh, your bad luck is that they changed the rules so that you have to play him. Yep, you had to play him. And if you weren't called up to play right away, you had to play him after watching him decimate the others. I had sat in the stands and watched him destroy one contestant after another. I dubbed him the juggernaut because he was unstoppable. What happened when I played Ken Jennings? Well, simply put, he killed me. For new contestants, that moment when they first met Ken... The memory is still fresh today. Ryan McLaren played Ken in game 21. He remembers getting on a shuttle bus that took all the contestants from a hotel to the Jeopardy set. When Ken got on, the driver said, hey Ken, good to see you. And in hindsight, that was a very important moment of the day because uh, it was clear that he had been there before and the people that worked there knew who Ken was because he had been there so many times. Chris Mason, Game 22, was on the same bus next to Ryan and he remembers that exact same moment. I sat next to a contestant named Ryan. He was around the same age as me. He leaned over and whispered that the guy in the back had a large wind streak going. Ryan was, of course, referring to Ken. My response was, great, it'll be that much sweeter when we beat him. We fist bumped, but we all know how that worked out. Even though at this point people knew Ken was on a big run, they often didn't know how big that run was until the producers announced it. Here's Nick Aratakis, Game 24. One of the producers introduced us to the returning champion who was already in the makeup chair and said something like, everyone, this is our champion, Ken Jennings. Ken, how many games have you won so far? And then Ken said, 18. Uh, which elicited some laughter, some nervous laughter from us uh, until we realized he wasn't joking. Beverly Herder, Game 34. The contestant coordinator didn't even have the heart to tell us contestants how many wins he had racked up. She made Ken do it. Twice, in fact, since at first we all thought he was joking. Reactions ranged from shocked to angry to amused. Here's Ken again. You immediately become the least popular person in the room when you're the returning champ. And I would always just show up at the last minute because those conversations were so awkward. With each defeat, the loss lingered. Does it hurt a bit being part of the Ken Jennings Roadkill group even 19 years later? Yes, it does. And that's because they wanted it just as much as he did. Just like Ken... They'd arrived with big dreams, dreams they'd nurtured for years and years, dreams they were ready to realize. More on that after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before they arrived on the Jeopardy set, before they ever heard the name Ken Jennings, what did the 148 dream of? What were their hopes, their fears, their expectations? How did Jeopardy fit into how they saw the rest of their lives unfolding? And how did it affect how others perceived them? Sarah Jane Woodall from Game 16 felt like she had something to prove to the people in her life. I was pretty good at academic stuff, but I decided I'd rather take the fun, easy route through life and be a cocktail waitress or something like that in Las Vegas. So I moved to Vegas. I never did become a cocktail waitress. But I did all kinds of other stupid looks-based jobs, and I was always trying to prove to people how smart I was, and nobody believed me. So I thought, well, I'm just going to have to explain it to them in a language they can understand, which is TV. What better way to prove to everyone that I'm smart than by appearing on Jeopardy? When she got the call, Sarah Jane didn't know who Ken was. She was mostly focused on getting herself ready to be on national TV for the first time. But the night before, the nerves were really getting to her. I stayed at a friend's house, and he told me, okay, I'll take you to the studio in the morning. And I go, well, listen, there's no way I can sit there all day sober. I'm way too nervous. I needed some potent potables, as it were. Obviously, they search your bag when you go on set. You can't just bring a bottle of Jack Daniels. So what I did is I went and got a bunch of those Starbucks bottled Frappuccinos, dumped out the Starbucks, and filled them with milk and Kahlua. So I basically was drinking white Russians all morning long, waiting for my turn to get up and face off against Ken Jennings. Sarah Jane did say that Kahlua made her feel more relaxed during her interview with Alex, but maybe not so much else. I've actually never watched the uh, taping of the show because I was, I'm too embarrassed to this day. I'll have Dear John for 800, please. In 1997, as he declined to seek a fifth term as Ohio senator, he said, there is still no cure for the common birthday. Ken. Who's John Glenn? Right. John for 1,200. Answer. Daily Double. It was a brutal game. At one point, Alex even comforted Sarah Jane and the third contestant. It's discouraging, isn't it, Kathy and Sarah Jane? I know. I know exactly how you feel. Uh, my consolation is that in the final Jeopardy round, Ken Jennings and I both had the same incorrect answer. Sarah Jane, did you come up with the correct response? You put down, who are Lewis and Clark? No, sorry. That'll cost you 5200 Now we come to Ken Jennings. 30500 going in. He picked Lewis and Clark. He will lose how much money? 4500 That will leave him today with 26000 And now, a 16-day total of more than half a million. 512959 and he keeps coming back. I came in third place, okay? I came in dead last. And that's what I always tell people. I lost on Jeopardy, baby. Woo. This wouldn't be her last hurrah on a game show, though. I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Stone Cold Sober, and I won $16,000 on that. I think I lost because I was playing against Ken Jennings. 
For John Cook, Game 47, being a Jeopardy contestant was a lifelong aspiration, one that went back to his childhood. Getting the call that I was going to be a contestant on Jeopardy was a moment where time stopped. Jeopardy was for me not just a game show, but uh, sort of a pathway to life change on a fairly dramatic scale. I grew up in a rural part of New England, poor, uh, overweight a lot as a kid, and I watched a lot of game shows, and they were great escapist fantasy for me. When he was 15 years old, John wrote a play for a state contest. The play's main character was a woman who uh, was really good at Wheel of Fortune, and she harbored dreams of going on and changing her unhappy circumstances. And she did get a spot on her favorite show, Wheel of Fortune, only to find that the format had changed to an eating contest, Meal of Fortune, and uh, that the returning champ she had faced had won. There's a saying that art imitates life or life imitates art, um, and maybe it's pretentious to uh, call my 15-year-old play any form of art, but... um, It was definitely on my mind when I got to the Sony Studios that morning in March 2004. On his tape day, John didn't play Ken until the afternoon. And watching Ken at work did a real number on him. I think I started entering some of the stages of grief during lunch, the bargaining phase. Um, As I watched, uh, it was the first two or three shows where everyone got demolished. By Ken, I said something to the effect of like, well, you know, at least, you know, we're going to go up against the best of all time if we if we lose. And and, you know, that that turned out to be true. The moment when John finally stepped behind the lectern, it was over in what felt like a split second. The median age in California. It's also the speed of an old vinyl record album. John, what is 33? And a third. All right. (laughs) Uh, Finish the category 1,000. Marley's ghost might be surprised to learn that this was the most popular name given to boys in 2002. John, what is Jacob? You're right. I did better, I think, than other opponents to that point in the day. I got a daily double right, um, but I went in with no strategy and naively thought that just quick recall would be enough. Um, I had no plan to manage my nerves, to bet intelligently. I was fortunate enough to have guessed right on Final Jeopardy, and I did end the show with uh, a five-digit amount, but of course that was uh, less than half of what Ken had. When it came down to playing Ken Jennings, many of the 148 shared a common struggle. I could not get in on the buzzer. Every time I was trying to ring in, I would hear Alex Trebek say, Ken. I remember watching a recording of my show, and the main thing I remember seeing was my arm flailing around when I was trying to buzz in for those answers. One of the early questions was on the Broadway show Annie. Now, I was a little girl in the 70s, and I knew nothing if not Annie. I wore that album out, but I wasn't quick enough. My brother told me later that when he saw that I couldn't answer the Annie question, he knew it was all over. Ken had had so much practice on the buzzer that Jeopardy actually decided to change the rules to give others a fighting chance. They made sure that the practice game that all the players get to do was more substantial and more like the real game. You know, everybody got more warm up on the buzzer. It's true. To this day, contestants get two rounds of practice on the buzzer during the morning rehearsal, playing against different opponents. That is a Ken Jennings-inspired change of rules that has lasted to the present day. But even with that extra practice, it was still hard to match Ken. The more games he played, the more he felt comfortable on stage, just doing his thing. 
Robert Kirkpatrick, Game 69. Ken was right next to me. And he's looking like very much, very much like he's feeling right at home. And I was, of course, like nervous as hell. And then Ken looks over and he says, hey, um, when my hands get sweaty, I wipe them on this thing. And he points out this kind of a fuzzy little patch on the podiums. And he said, you can wipe your, your palms off on here uh, if they get sweaty. And you know, it showed that he was a good sport, right? But of course, you know, Ken had no mercy once the game got started. It was salt in the wound when your own family was awestruck over Ken's performance. As Nick Aratakis recalls, My parents and my youngest brother had come down from Northern California to watch the taping, and they all marveled at how dominant Ken was, which didn't help me at all. And when it came to the actual loss, the fact that they'd never get to be on Jeopardy again, those feelings of disappointment would stay with some of the 148 for years. That's after the break. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? <laughs> some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Ken Jennings taped his first game in February 2004. The show went on hiatus in the summer, and during that hiatus, his games began broadcasting. As the American public got to know Ken, the overwhelming response was mostly wonder and awe, especially in national news coverage. There's one guy that's dressed for success these days on Jeopardy. His name is Ken Jennings. He's won 14 straight episodes. He's won almost $500,000. And this Jeopardy guy keeps winning. winning. They got a kid now by the name of Ken somebody, and he's won like uh, 20 shows in a row, and he's racked up close to a million dollars. Though, as Ken remembers, it was a bit of a different story in the Jeopardy fan world. I did just start to see on various kind of Jeopardy forums and blogs and message boards there would be people saying, well, I like this guy. This is great. And other people would be saying, no, this isn't this isn't good for the show. Why should somebody be on this long? Um, I got letters from, from nice old grandmas saying, well, dear, maybe you should give someone else a chance. A few did give Ken a run for his money, like Matt Ottinger from Game 14. So our game starts, and lo and behold, I have no idea why, but I'm pretty good on the buzzer. I'm getting in. And I'm answering. Wartime images for 1,200. Timothy O'Sullivan's 1863 shot of its aftermath is titled A Harvest of Death. Ken. What is Antietam? No. Matt, what is Gettysburg? Gettysburg, yes. Matt was a tough challenger. By the end of the Jeopardy round, Matt was actually in the lead. At one point, I ran a category in the Jeopardy round against Ken. I'm not sure anybody else did that. So for... 10 or 12 minutes, I was beating Ken Jennings. In 1957, E.B. White was called in to edit this professor's The Elements of Style. 
Matt, who is Strunk? William Strunk, correct. And you have the lead. But the tables turned in double jeopardy. That's when Ken's incredible depth of knowledge takes over. Ibadan, Abuja, and Ogbomosho are all cities in this African nation of over 125 million. Ken. What is Nigeria? That's it. Africa for 1,600 plus. Answer. Daily Double. You have almost a $5,000 lead over Matt. And I will bet 6000 6000 it is. Here is the clue in Let's Visit Africa. The country of Namibia was once known as this, and that's also where it is on the map. What is Southwest Africa? Correct. Gutsy move. Paid off for you. I guess there's only a small handful of us who managed to play against him to the point that it wasn't a runaway game. So that's a notch in my belt, I guess. In a way, getting that close to taking Ken Jennings down, that was almost harder for Matt to stomach in the aftermath. For a while, it didn't really hit me. The whole experience didn't really hit me. But I have to admit that when it did hit me, it hit me pretty hard. I was, I was pretty disappointed about not the way things turned out because I played very well. And, you know, people win, people lose. But you have that enormous what if of the experience and what could have happened if you didn't play the greatest player of all time. So that hiatus between seasons, remember, that was in the summer of 2004. When Jeopardy! resumed taping in August, the contestants facing Ken had been watching the first games of his streak from home. Jennifer Lord Besson, Game 52, was one of them, and she was hoping that Ken would be defeated by the time she got to set. So imagine my chagrin when I approached the contestants and saw Ken Jennings sitting there. Turns out it was the first day of taping for the fall season. He was very polite with the group, but some of the other contestants talked among themselves and we realized that we might have a chance because so much of the show is getting your timing right to buzz in. And Ken was likely going to be a little rusty after the summer break. Sunny Shoemaker, Game 54, was in the same group as Jennifer. She was thinking along the same lines, that it was a potentially weak moment for Ken. Ken was actually out of his groove a bit. And that first episode in particular, he was beatable. This artist was born in Figuera, Spain on May 11th, 1904, and died there January 23rd, 1989. Ken? Who's Picasso? No. Amy? Who is Dolly? Salvador Dolly, right. Beatable, but still not beaten. The contestant coordinator would come over during the breaks and have me test the buzzer to make sure it was working. It was working. I was the problem. But I did okay. I didn't humiliate myself. I even got a daily double, uh, which I successfully answered based on my knowledge of both romance languages and dairy products. It was the Italian word for cheese, formaggio. What Jennifer and Sonny were thinking about, that Ken might be a little rusty after a break in taping, well, Ken didn't say that exactly, but he had been doing a lot of media appearances. Thank you so much. The category tonight, top 10 ways to irritate Alex Trebek. 
Top 10 ways to irritate Alex Trebek, the uh, longtime uh, host of uh, TV's uh, Jeopardy. Sure. And uh, top 10 ways now to irritate Alex. Canadian? Yes. Used to have a mustache. No longer. Oh, yeah. Mustache. Oh, he doesn't have a mustache, yeah. yeah. And here now, presenting tonight's top 10 list, please welcome the man who has won over $900,000 on Jeopardy, Ken Jennings. Come on out, Ken. There had started to be some, like, fun things. Yeah, I'm going to go read the top 10 on Letterman. That sounds fun. And so I, I don't know if I was off my game, but um, yeah, it was a little the worse for wear. Ken was still winning, but... Maybe he was getting tired, or maybe it was just a matter of time. Whatever it was, everything has to come to an end eventually. End of the run, the games were getting a lot closer. And I think all told, there were maybe a dozen games where if one clue goes differently, I lose. So by the law of averages, I had long outlasted my streak. But Ken's mistakes weren't the ones that stuck with the 148. Most of them instead focused on their own perceived shortcomings. Here's Larry Bellinger, Game 56. My biggest regret is that I didn't spend enough time taking brutal beatings from my son on Tekken, the video game. More video gaming might have increased my hand-eye coordination and made me a little more competitive on the buzzer. Rob Kimbrough, Game 74. I confused uh, Kyoto and Edo as being predecessors of Tokyo as capital of Japan. Sandy Grimwade, Game 63. The Jeopardy round was a disaster for me. One of the categories was the Book of Genesis, and Ken, with his deep biblical knowledge, cleared the category before I or my fellow victim had got a look in. I think I got two answers in the first round, and I was quite sure that my buzzer had stopped working. One of the squares was, it's the genus of the plant known as marijuana. I quickly buzzed in and answered, what is cannabis? After the show, my son called to console me, saying, well, Dad, at least you got the weed question. Jeff Hoppus, Game 70. At the first break of my game, Maggie Speak, the contestant coordinator, came out to give me a pep talk. She said, hey, kid, you're all over the place on the buzzer timing. We need you to calm down out here. After the commercial break, I was able to calm down. I found the daily double. And for a brief moment, I was ahead of Ken Jennings on the scoreboard. Jeff didn't keep his lead, but four years later... My wife, Larissa Kelly, appeared on Jeopardy! in 2008 and won six games in a row. I'm taping this in the house that we bought with her winnings. And almost ten years after that, Jeff's wife, Larissa Kelly, faced Ken. She teamed up with a bunch of other Jeopardy! champs to challenge Ken's team in the 2019 All-Stars Tournament. My wife, Larissa, my old birding friend, David, and my high school quiz bowl captain, Brad Rutter, the man who taught me how to buzz in. Yeah, Jeff's wife, Larissa, wasn't the only champ in his life. His friends were also Jeopardy! superstars. Dave Madden and Brad Rutter. At least he felt he could get some kind of revenge. When it came time to face Ken's team, my friends and family took care of business. For most of the 148, almost two decades has slightly softened the blow. They're able to see their Jeopardy! defeat as part of a larger legacy. Adam Meyer, Game 41. I tell people all the time, if you're going to lose at something like Jeopardy!, you might as well lose to the GOAT, right? Uh, I, I joke that I'm the second best player ever because I finished second to the best player ever. Bob Joseph, Game 62. If I had to lose, I couldn't have lost to a more worthy opponent than Ken. Clinton Whedon, Game 4. 
I wish I'd done better. I'm glad to have been part of it, though. You know, it's something that uh, I get to carry with me for the rest of my life as somebody who got to go beyond Jeopardy and be part of Jeopardy history. It's a funny feeling. Almost two decades later, to still think back on what feels like a missed opportunity. Had the circumstances been a little bit different, had they faced someone other than Ken, or someone named Ken whose last name wasn't Jennings, how would they have fared as Jeopardy contestants? Had they not faced the greatest of all time, would they have emerged as super champs in their own right? The what-ifs have swirled around in their minds for years. Carrie Youngblood from Game 2, she says she doesn't watch Jeopardy anymore, though in 2011, she did tune in to see a computer called Watson beat Ken. She said it gave her some guilty pleasure to see him finally get beat on the buzzer. For almost all of the 148, life continued. That bartender, Joe Riley, Game 9, he earned his law degree and eventually became a judge. Sarah Jane Woodall, Game 16, who drank the White Russians to get through her game. At the time, she described herself as super shy, but she got over that and actually did nude modeling for about 10 years. Matt Ottinger, Game 14, he ended up hosting a high school quiz bowl on a local TV network in Michigan and only just recently retired. Jennifer Lord Besson, Game 52, got a second master's degree and a PhD in psychometrics and quantitative psychology. That one time with Ken Jennings, it faded into the tapestries of their lives, becoming another story to tell at a cocktail party or over coffee with a new friend. And the years marched on, with marriage, children, grandchildren, career changes, heartbreak, and all of the successes and pitfalls that come with life. Our final question for the 148, if they could speak to Ken today, what would they say? If I could talk to Ken today, I would ask him if he has any say in how the contestants are called, it would be nice to call back some of the people who have been steamrollered by him in his 75 games. It'd be really cool to have a tournament of people who lost to Ken Jennings. Uh, I don't know if you can track us all down. But I think that'd be a great hook. And uh, boy, I'd love to play Jeopardy again. It was so fun. Next time on This is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. And they were just all cheering on their little darling. You know, they were cooing like pageant moms every time Watson got a clue right. And at home, I would like to think some people were cheering for the humans, but boy, not in that room. This is Jeopardy! The Story of America's Favorite Quiz Show is a production of Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV. It's hosted by me, Buzzy Cohen. This episode was produced by Mia Warren. The series producers are Julia Doyle, Rob Dozier, Sylvie Lubau, and Mia Warren. Associate producer is Serena Chow. Our series editor is Sarah Kramer. Executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs, Tom Koenig, Sarah Kramer, Michael Davies, and Suzanne Preddy. Production management help from Susanya Davenport and Tamika Balance-Kolosny. Our theme song was composed by Hannes Brown. Cedric Wilson is our engineer. Special thanks to Charlie Yetter and Steve Ackerman. And a big, big thank you to the Jeopardy staff and crew for all of their time and help on this. Shout out to Alexa Machia, 
And thank you to the many contestants from the 148 who shared their stories with us. We see you, we hear you, we honor you, and we salute you. If you love the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 